Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 271 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? How you holding up, man? Pandemic going on, COVID-19. How is life with you, brother? Well, my hair's getting longer, um, except in the front. The, the the thin and wispies are still thin and wispy. Oh, they look good from this from where I'm sitting, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm wearing the same thing that I've wore for the last three episodes. I've changed my shorts and underwear, though. Well, so, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I'm sure the wife appreciates that. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. No, I, I, hey, look, man. It's the best deterrence for quarantine babies. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> It smells like some Fumunda down there. <laughs> it smells like teen spirit. Um, <laughs> how's it going down there in uh, in uh, Damascus, Maryland? Hey, life has not changed for me, brother. You know this ain't done nothing to my life. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out and about every day, just dodging this shit like a prime Pernell Whitaker. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. On the front foot. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, life goes on. Um, you know, I think, I think boxing, um, is, uh, is sort of weeding out the crazies right now. I think only the crazies are out there rambling right now. And, um, you know, everybody that's got their shit together is kind of just enjoying their break. Um, I don't know if it's weeding them out as much as it's exposing, them, exposing the ones that are crazy. Oh man. It's been wild. Hey, it gives us something to talk about, man. Cause I look, we'll talk about more later on the prospects of boxing ever coming back again. Um, but for right now, this is all we got folks. So keep, keep sending the questions. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you all, um, you know, continuing to tune in to the boxing rant podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show today, um, on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, anywhere that you can get an audio podcast, check us out on the boxing rant YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vin, let's just pick it up where we left off last week as Devin Haney continues to ramble on. Um, This kid just cannot stop. He cannot stop. I don't know if, um, honestly and truthfully, I don't know if this is just one gigantic, accelerated, quantum, uh, fucking warp speed acceleration of a promotion of a career to fast track him to becoming a 10 time champion before the quarantine ends. <laughs> but this kid will not shut up. He just, he just won't shut up. And his Twitter account has, has escalated episode to episode. It's been okay. All right. All right, dude, you're really fucking annoying. Can we just 
take a break from social media for a little while to now it's just like, dude, actually, let's double down on this, please. Let's see where Uh, this thing goes. Yeah, exactly. As, uh, as Devin Haney has, um, given some comments and shed some light on how he feels about a potential future fight with the unified lightweight champion, Vasily Lomachenko, as he says, I'll tell you this, I'll never lose to a white boy in my life. I don't care what nobody got to say. Fight a white boy 10 times, I'm going to beat him 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, it's to me, when I, when I read something like that, like my, I, it's the furthest thing from my mind is, what a racist. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he does have a somewhat of a point with the, you know, black guys beating white guys and most shit outside of like swimming golf and auto racing. The, the three spots that we still got a, got a stranglehold on a hockey too, but not many white guys from America. They're all from other countries and whatever. And the funniest part about it is like, dude, you lost to white guys in the amateurs. What are you talking about? White guys have already beaten you. And now all of a sudden I love how, like when another thing is when I hear white guy, I think white American, I don't just like lump every person with white skin into one like white boys. Well, Devin Haney did do that though, because he was talking about Lomachenko when he said this. Okay. Okay. I thought it was just white boys in general, period. No, it was in response to, to a question about Lomachenko. Okay. So apparently Devin Haney thinks that, um, that, that Lomachenko is a white boy from around the way, (laughs) which is hilarious to me too. And I like, I, I, you know, I got into a conversation with somebody who I respect, uh, on, on Twitter and he's like talking about like, you know, I like, when you were growing up in the hood, like you just didn't want to lose to a white guy. Like it was, it was, you know, thought as the worst thing ever. If a, if a white guy came into your hood and, and beat your ass, because we just viewed white guys as they couldn't fight. And, and they just, they, they have all the privileges above us. And you, the last thing you can do is let them whoop your ass. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I can't think of, of like, I've watched a million videos of fights that are in the hood or the inner city or the ghetto or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I have seen some of the worst fighting I've ever seen in my life from these people. Like why all this, like white boys are soft and they can't fight. Like most people are soft and they can't fight. It's not <laughs> just white boys. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, man. It just the comments to me in general, like I, I, it's all the stuff that he's been saying over these last few weeks has been building and building and building and building. And I just have I've finally come to the clu- conclusion, like, does this guy have a fucking vagina? Like, what is with this fucking, like, the the like the need for attention and, like, to, to say these, these things just for attention? Like, it reminds me of a woman. And it's like, it's, uh, as much as it's become entertaining, it's, it's become a turnoff too so i'm like i don't don't know what to think of this guy can i just it's like yeah okay i get it like he's trying to make a like everybody's like no he's he's selling himself he's making a heel turn ken Uh, he's 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 going to be the bad guy when he returns and that's gonna somehow help him sell himself as a fighter like yeah Hmm. i I, I don't think so i think he just might kind of be kind of (laughs) stupid that's what i think (laughs) Yeah, look, heel turn. Like, wh- what are you people talking about? Like, oh, B Hop did the same thing with, with, you know, uh, he said the same thing to Joe Calzaghe before their fight and he lost. It's like, hold on, hold on, people. 
can we stop with this is him like he's he's promoting himself he's putting himself out there like this isn't even remotely that like, like what are you talking about stop with this he's not a two-time champion he's not a champion okay he's not he, like he's 22 years old all right like he has done nothing he's beaten nobody right like he's a fucking prospect that got overpaid because the zone needed people when they launched all right like we've beat we've beat around the bush enough about this guy all right we've tap danced around all of it because the bottom line is is that he's skilled and he's got he's got boxing ability now i've seen a lot of people that have ability in many things that never that that uh, you know never fulfilled their abilities potential uh, everybody knows somebody that was great at something and could have went all the way in some some field whether it was athletics or something else that took a wrong turn and didn't it, it it didn't work out for him okay like we put like we talk about Devin Haney putting the cart before the horse but we kind of did too cuz we kind of crowned this guy and, and and I I know I did anyways that said you know he's future uh you know pound for pound material well guess what enough people say that shit and the fucking kid starts believing it you know but the bottom line is this like after after this whole chain of events of him you know pretending to be a champion and 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 accepting a a belt not even fighting somebody right then the belt gets taken away from him because he got injured and now he reapplies for it says he's a two-time champion the guy hasn't beaten anybody he's never fought for a world title period he's nowhere near that level yet he's a fucking prospect an overpaid prospect that's what he is so I, i'm done beating around the bush with it okay until he gets in the ring with somebody he doesn't have a a 12-year lease on life like boo boo andre does okay <laughs> like like he, he he hasn't like like he was 10 years old when boo boo andre turned pro right right i mean they have like they fought the same level of opposition like i don't understand take the boogeyman stuff you're not a boogeyman you're a fucking prospect right a prospect that lost the white dudes in the amateurs now that being said Vin, i'll say this about his comments about about white boys how he's never going to lose to a white boy I'll, I'll tell you exactly how I feel. This ain't fucking racism. All right. So stop it. Every, every single person out there that has been programmed by the media to try to get out in front of everything to sound politically correct. Let uh, me get my hot take out there. Racism, racism. I say, if this was a black guy, if this was a white guy that said this about a black guy, this would be racism. This would be on the Yes, 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 yes. I agree. This is not an ESPN's fucking rundown in their newsfeed on their big lead stories. If it was a white fight, uh, a white fighter that said the same thing about a black fighter. Yes. Would it be a headline? Sure. But that's the way it fucking works. All right. And, but this is not racism for some reason, social media and today and the news in the 24 hour news cycles condition people to come up with this like extreme trigger reaction, like definition of what racism is. Sorry, this kind of comment right here, is shit that I grew up with playing sports. Like this was like common talk. I can tell you in the last uh, month at work. Okay. I work with all nationalities and all races, right? Everybody's wearing everybody out. Everybody's talking this level of shit. All it shows is that everybody has their prejudices. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. And and what he is saying in this, and I understand like what he's meaning when he's saying this, 
there's truth in this stereotype. Yeah. Right. So, so everybody out there that wants to be like, oh, outrage, outrage, racism, I say. It's pretty like, factual. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you right now, man, this is the furthest thing from racism. This is a stupid fucking comment by somebody who's in the public eye. Like, that's the great thing about this country. It's a free country in America. I know a lot of our UK listeners out here are saying like, oh, this can't be said. Uh, you know, the you know British boxing should suspend him and American boxing sh uh, should suspend. Why? He shouldn't even apologize. If, if I was Devin Haney, I'd double down on it. Uh, you know, if, if this is how you feel, if this is how you feel, because clearly it's how he felt. He, he's fucking like recorded and, and, and on video and audio, like, Dude, this is exactly how he feels. So double down on it. He doesn't owe anybody an, an, an apology. Why? Does it hurt your fucking, your butterfly uh, flower patch sensitivities? Like, I don't give a shit about that. The bottom line is, is the kid, look, when, when, when you say things, just like we say things on this show and people say things in life, look, the, what you run the risk of, you can say whatever you want in this country, but you do run the risk of limiting your opportunities. Yep. People are like, oh, he should be suspended. For all intensive purposes, regardless of what Haney's contract is or uh, what it's not, he's he's kind of a um, yeah. If this happened in in a, in a, in a white collar office place, yeah, you'd be fired and you'd be a fucking idiot for saying something like this in that kind of setting. In my line of work, this doesn't get you fired. I'm sorry. In your line of work, Vin, this doesn't get you fired. Probably get you promoted. There's um, there is way worse said fifty times a day. Uh, on a on a uh, construction job site amongst Latinos, black guys, white guys, whatever it is, it's a constant one-upping and a, and and jabs at each other. It's fun, and there's a lot of truth to what is said. Just because somebody is making a true statement that may offend somebody that 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 can't handle that type of shit, man, I could care less. Those people that can't handle something like that being said, and I noticed it like you did from a lot of uh, of the UK guys, and especially because you know Billy Joe Saunders got suspended or whatever he got. He's, Billy Joe Saunders is king of the retards. Yeah, and guess what? I don't have a problem with what he did either. Clearly, he was not telling people to beat women. It was a joke. It. Didn't really go over too well, but hey, he fucking tried to make people laugh. Some people did. I chuckled a little bit because I didn't take it fucking serious. Like everybody's got to take everything so serious. I will say this about what Devin Haney said and in the situation that he said it was he was on 78 Sports TV's podcast, which is like he's like the one of the lead guys of the LDBC. And excuse me for just learning this information like recently. I'm not somebody who gets wrapped up in LDBC boxing and what they say all the time and having, a, you know, having to uh, respond to everything they do. I, I could care less. That's their platform. They can say whatever the fuck they want to say. That's their show. Do you want to be what you are? Be what you are. I don't give a shit. But. To me, it became a bit of pandering to the situation and the show he was on and the listeners that were on there. Like he said that in that situation to rile up that fan base and those listeners of that show that are mainly black fight fans. And to me, when I see that, I go, dude, that ain't really, I don't like, I don't think he really like, that's something that he said on that show just to like, oh yeah, go. you even heard the host of the show, 78 sports. Uh, yeah. Talk that shit talk that shit like yeah give the people what they want to hear type of thing which is fine but to me it's like dude that's kind of fake 
Like, I don't think Devin Haney in real life comes off as that type of person. He kind of seems a little bit more subdued. Now, I know he's been saying a bunch of dumb shit here recently because I think he's just a young kid and doesn't really know the difference and know when to shut the fuck up. But, it, like, I hear that and I hear, like, dude, come on, man. Don't, don't, don't just pander to who's ever in front of you in the moment and play to whatever, you know, is, is who you're speaking to at the time to me, he's an attention whore, dude. He's an attention whore. Yeah. And to me, and that's why I came up with the, that's where it came off to me is like, dude, you kind of seem like a, like a bitch. Like you, you, you seem like a bitch right now. Like that's what you come across as to me. I, you know, that that's as, that's as far as I'll go with it. I'm not saying he's, Oh, Devin Haney's a bitch. I mean, bitch, like a woman, like you seem like a woman who's bitching that when I say that and sorry if that offends any women, but you know, that's kind of how y'all sound sometimes. Yeah. Uh, look, man, he just, he, he, he's got to deal with the consequences and the consequences are, is that there are some fucking spazzes out there that are going to give him shit. And if you're too sensitive to what these people are saying, then don't say don't say shit like that. I mean, I'm not telling you not to say it. I'm not saying that you should be censored or fined or punished or whatever else. It's just when you compound stupidity, you know, like I'm I'm more like thrown back by what he said after, not not what he said because like I said, I feel like if you if you're going to say that, fuck it, man, double down. You know what I'm saying? Like if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to be, that's a persona you know, you want to pander to, 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 you know, a certain part of the audience who care, whatever, man, you clearly need that kind of affirmation and attention, right? What <laughs> it's his comments afterwards that are like, dude, now you, you just sound, you just sound, it makes you sound so stupid. He goes, I'm not racist. I'll never be a racist. I'm just chasing greatness. <laughs> and put, what? Puts, what a picture, puts a picture of him and Floyd up right next. Yeah. To I, I, and Floyd's probably like, dude, don't, don't, don't fucking drag me into this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if I, like I'm Floyd Mayweather, if I want to say that I'll fucking say it. You know why? If Bernard Hopkins wants to say it, the Joe Calzaghe, he, he'll say it, the Joe Calzaghe. Those guys kind of earned, earned it at that point. Didn't they? They earned to say whatever they want, but that's the whole thing with this, like this whole trajectory of, you know, if, if Devin Haney could, could lobby, to be put on the Hall of Fame ballot right now, he would. You know what I'm saying? And, and if somebody told him it was possible, he would do everything he can to just forego his entire career, be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and be like, nah, now what we can. You know what I mean? Who do I got to like, send an email to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he's so so he says that, which means it, it you know, means nothing. And then and then he comes out and says, I just had a very positive conversation with Mauricio Suleiman, the president of the WBC, and confirmed to him directly my commitment to be a role model and my absolute rejection of discrimination of any kind. It's like, it, it's like somebody like, like just shouting out like a, like a, you know, a fucking <laughs> shout. It's like a white guy shouting out the N word. And then immediately after he says the N word, he goes, I reject that comment. <laughs> I do not, I do not stand by that comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that, is that where we're going next? Where somebody can just like say whatever they want and then be like, I do not agree with what I just said. <laughs> and that makes it okay. That's the part that comes off as dumb. It's like, yeah. dude, it's a, it's a really horrible half-ass, like it, it's not even like, ha okay. I don't even think half-ass is like the way to say it. It's just, it doesn't make it, It's like, dude, dude, come on, man. Like either, either apologize or don't. 
Like, I don't need you to apologize. He shouldn't be apologizing. He should. But, but please, 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 can you fucking accomplish something in your career before you start just throwing out all that? Like, none of it. You haven't earned any level of clout or respect or like you've done nothing in the ring to say and do the things that you're saying and doing like you are sh like you had this to say about a guy who's literally broken boxing records you know what i'm saying like he beat look the way devin haney's trending right now he may never fight a guy at the level of gary russell jr even though now he's calling out gary russell jr too let's not forget about that right like lomachenko beat him for a belt like beat a human being who's widely considered the best featherweight in the world, right? Um, in his third professional fight, it beat him decisively and beat him in the ways that would stereotypically uh, or, or, or generally speaking um, would be the ways that a, a black fighter would beat a white fighter um, nine times out of or 10 times out of 10, like, like Devin Haney's saying here. But the bottom line is, is like, like, you can't even you like you there's no accomplishments like Devin Haney has accomplished nothing 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 at the professional level you literally have nothing that you can say to anybody and I'm not even talking about Lomachenko I'm talking about people that have actually beaten a human being for a championship belt right like I, I, look so this is where I'm at with Devin Haney right do, live your life man do whatever you want say whatever you want believe what you believe lead your life and make your decisions but dude i i am not a fan anymore man that th this kid has lost the fucking plot he has lost the plot well completely yeah and, and the biggest thing for me is like i mentioned before the pandering to whatever audience he's in front of at that point in time and then running like immediately walking back the statements when mauricio suleiman contacts you was like dude you said it just say, no, I'm not apologizing for it. And no, that's what I believe. So fucking what? Like, what is Mauricio was like, Mauricio was like, well, Devin, if you don't take it back, I'm going to email this belt to somebody else. Exactly where I was going with it. Like <laughs> the only thing this kid has done right is like he won his belt by email and he requested it back by email. That's, that's the only thing he's done fucking right in the last two weeks, three it's weeks. It's just a joke, man. It I is. mean, it is. but folks, get off your fucking righteous high horses. Nobody gives a shit what you have to say about this situation, especially when you go all the way. You, you know, you're acting just like Devin Haney does with his career. You're bypassing all the stops. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just going straight to racism. <laughs> it's like, shut, shut the fuck up. I'll tell you what's even worse are the people who respond to the people who say racism and they're like, oh, I didn't hear you say anything about Kovalev. It's like, yeah. oh, Christ. Are you, <laughs> give me a fucking break. How, how do these situations even compare? You know, I like, Jesus, man. People if, are so it, like, well, what about this? Huh? Huh? Where's your consistency? Well, first off, fucking Sergey Kovalev's a Russian and I don't be claiming no Russians. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, give me a, give me a break with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like in like, you know, you want to call something racism, like you need to like, it's, it's like, you gotta like be actively like 
trying to bring down another race and oppressing another race. Like say, white people, white people are not going to argue with a black person that says they are better at sports. Like you're saying something that's, that's factual. Yeah. Well, depends on what sport you're playing, Vin. Well, I don't, I don't, uh, swim the butterfly or the backstroke. So <laughs> <laughs> I can float. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the, uh, we'll take it from the, the world of the, um, the prospect email champ. See, I'm not even going to use champ anymore. He's not even the email champ. Prospect. No, he, he the email champ, Kent. He the champ of emails. <laughs> the champ of emails. Uh, prospect of the year, Devin Haney. He's going to win prospect of the year until he fucking fights somebody within the top 10. He's going to be prospect. Of, <laughs> he be prospect of the year for the next eight years. Watch. <laughs> He'll be fucking 40 and 0, right? <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to, uh, you know... Uh, you know, Devin Haney's just popping his cherry, right? He's just like, like, like getting into the fray. You know, he's going to learn some lessons. But there's a guy that's been in the game for a minute that just seems to have completely fallen off the deep end. Uh, um, mm. And that is former heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. Um, who you call? Who you calling former? Yeah, right. It ain't settled <laughs> yet, right? Um, look, man. Uh, Deontay Wilder is. I'll give him credit. I just talked about how I think that De uh, Devin Haney should double down on his comments. <laughs> well, Deontay Wilder not only is doubling down on his excuses for getting knocked out by Tyson Fury, but he's coming up with new ones, but he ain't revealing them until the time is right. That motherfucker's splitting sixes at the jack at the blackjack table. <laughs> splitting sixes. Oh, <laughs> man. So Wilder goes on the PBC podcast, right? And there's uh, like the, the PBC podcast is a down the middle, unbiased podcast if oh, there ever yeah. was one, right? Yeah, of uh, course. It's not a propaganda channel or anything. Um, he says the thing about it that's <laughs> that it's uh, it's easy to understand. You know what type of person Deontay Wilder was in that moment of time. Uh, now, folks, this is not somebody talking about Deontay Wilder. Um, he is now uh, uh, exclusively referring to himself in the third person. Um, he says, you know, what type of person Deontay Wilder was in that moment of time, you know, even when I took off my mask and the things that I was doing, you know, I've been in the sport for a very long time. People have seen me fight, you know, all over the world for a very long time. So people all over the world, wh where's he fought all over the world? Was that in the Olympics? Amateurs and Olympics. I'm guessing. Okay. I don't fucking know. Okay. So people automatically knows, you know, how, how I am and you know, how I should look. And people that know boxing know that wasn't Deontay Wilder that night. I was a zombie that night. All right. My first takeaway with this is people that know boxing know that wasn't Deontay Wilder that night. Actually, people that know boxing said that's exactly what Deontay Wilder does in, in a fight. Like he, He's a one-trick pony. And if he can't land the big shot, that's what he does. So <laughs> there's that, right? <laughs> um, it was something like I said, can't, I, I can't talk about a lot of things, but it wasn't Deontay Wilder that night. You can tell from the mask, my reaction to certain things that I was doing in the ring, you know, you can look from the first fight into the second fight and you can tell it was two different people, you know, that night from a guy that, uh, from the first start of the bell was in retreat mode. The first fight, when the first bell sounded, I was on the hunt, you know, you don't go backwards, you go forward. And that night I wasn't myself. I felt like a zombie. No, I wasn't surprised. 
uh, Wilder said regarding Fury's approach to the rematch. It's hard to explain from the first sound of the bell. It's like I was more in retreat mode. It's like I wasn't even there for real. I don't know how to say uh, uh, how to say it without. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't there. That's all I can tell you. I wasn't there from the from the first start. I wasn't there. You know, my whole body, everything. You know, but it's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be all right. Trust me. You know, and I'm just looking forward to coming back in there and doing what I gotta do. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to feel like I'm making any excuses or anything like that. I just want the people to know that I'm happy. I'm in full health and I'm coming back stronger than ever. Mm. The King will rise again. <laughs> Is there a legal investigation going on about something that we, that he can't speak about that we don't know about that? Well, this involves- in, in, in the interview, he, 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 he expands more and he says that something happened within the, like the first fit, like the 15 minutes in the lead up to the ring walk that he can't talk about right now. Like, what does that mean? What did you, did you get the runs? You, well, I don't know. What, what, like uh, that to me, that's the one statement where it's like, dude, don't say that. Don't say I, something happened, but I can't talk about it right now. What, can you talk about it later? <laughs> when can you talk about it? You let me know. Cause I'd like to hear about this, whatever this is. Uh, you know, I, it just, to me, that's the worst part about it. And it's like, you weren't there. Why weren't you there? Like what happened? I, I don't, I don't understand. Like just the, the piling up of like, I don't want to make any excuses. Well, you made your first round of excuses and got fried for it. And now you're coming back with more excuses, but those excuses you can't really talk about right now. They knew excuses. Well, I, yeah. They're new excuses that he can't talk about that happened in the first 15, like, what is all this man? And and I'm sorry. The, the funniest part to me is like, you know, the first fight I, I came out at the opening bell and, and I was coming forward. Yes. Tyson Fury fought on the back foot for the first fight and used the ring. So yes, you were attacking him in the second fight. You moved backwards because Tyson Fury attacked you. That's how the fight happened. It wasn't like, uh, just because whatever weird thing happened to you in the 15 minutes of your ring walk with your 40 pound suit with led lights uh, around your eyes that, that made you somehow go into retreat or zombie mode or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Tyson Fury changed his tactics and you didn't know what to do. And that's what happened. It's plain and simple. Like there's no, there was no wizardry or anything else going on that happened to you post or pre fight that, that that led to the fight going the way it went. It just it was what it was, dude. You got a little bit exposed in that fight. It doesn't mean you can't come back and 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 redeem yourself. But at this point in time, after all the shit that you have said, well, redemption is a long fucking way away, man. I mean, that's a long, long road to hoe for him now. Yeah, and and who knows when this fight's going to happen? Anyways, you know what I mean. Uh, look. There's so much up in the air right now. We have no idea when we're going to see fights of this caliber. This this isn't the kind of fight they're going to have. They're not they're not going to be able to to pay these guys what they what, what they're guaranteed to get paid. I mean, they'll make good money off the pay per views if they have it in a studio. But that's this ain't the kind of fight that they're going to be kicking things off with a you know uh, crowdless broadcast. This ain't that fight. So this thing is going to get stretched out. You know, <laughs> who knows? And in the meantime. Maybe we'll be privy to this excuse. You know what I mean? To me, it it, it came off as like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to say this because it's provocative and the king will rise again. 
I don't even know what the excuse is yet, but I'm going to come up with a good one for the next time. You know, <laughs> you know, like just like talking on the fly. I mean, the guy yeah. talks like in the third person. I mean, that just started happening too recently. He hasn't always been like that, but he is, dude, this guy has like created his own world. You know, he's like one of these, he's like one of these cosplay characters. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these people that go to conventions and they can just like, you know, dress up like their favorite, you know, Japanese animation character. And you know what I mean? And just, they're just free of themselves. They can really be what they, what they feel like on the inside and they can, you know, be amongst people that are, are liberated and free. And like, he has become a cosplay character and like believes that that character actually exists. Like, it, unfortunately for him, his latest cosplay suit cost him, right? Hey man, he, he, he got a fucking trophy for it though. You know what I'm saying? For, for best design and structural engineering of a cosplay suit. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I, I, I am, I look, I don't really care at the end of the day, like what his excuse is, because I mean, he just sounds absolutely, you know, ridiculous. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued to see what the, what the excuse is. I loved what Anthony Joshua said about, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder this week. And I thought it was just absolutely perfect. Like the way that Anthony Joshua conducted himself after getting knocked out by Andy Ruiz. Right. And just taking it on the chin and being like, I need to be better. Right. And like being a professional and being an adult about it. And the, the way worst that thing, the worst thing Joshua said was he hit me with a punch from the gods. That's as far as it went with him. Okay. Well, great. So you just over exaggerated like how awesome Andy Ruiz's punch was cool. I'm sure Andy Ruiz loved it. He was probably like, yeah, you see, he, he said I hit like Thor. You know what I mean? Um, no, but Anthony Joshua said that's the difference between he said it this week about Deontay Wilder. He goes, "That's the difference between me and 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 De and and Deontay Wilder." And I'm a man, and he's more like uh, you know the word that starts with a B and ends with an H. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, Anthony Joshua just called Wilder. He's like, "No, nah, that's the difference between the two of us is I'm a man and he's a bitch." Like, <laughs> right? Joshua said it right. Yeah, he did. I heard it. There's a, I don't know, man. It's a weird time. I mean, I know like people are really like behaving strangely, especially, you know, more so like I'm active on, 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 on social media. Like when I want to be like when I have something to say, but I'm not on there fucking just tweeting for attention all day long. Like so many people in boxing do. Like, I, I don't need that kind of attention. I've got two children and a wife and a dog and a yard. And like, I got to fucking do shit. You know what I mean? I got to like take care of stuff. Like, I don't got time to be, you know, fucking on there like chit chatting, being like, you know, whoring myself out for attention. But there are people out there. I mean, you're really starting to see during this quarantine the people that have like cut out a niche of seeking attention. Like these people are behaving wild, man. They're doing crazy shit. People making fucking TikTok videos. Like the new thing is, is like couples doing TikTok videos where like, like, like the guy and the girl like sitting there dancing and then all of a sudden, the screen fucking blinks and the guys dress wearing the women's clothes and the girls wearing the guys clothes. And, and like a rod and fucking JLo did this. Like a rods wearing a dress with, I mean, he wears lipstick anyways, but you know, I'm like sitting there like, why is this a thing? Like, what are you people doing? Get a, go outside and fucking pick the weeds in your lawn. Like go get a suntan, go learn how, how to do something like, you know, build something like go for a walk, get over yourself. People. You know what I'm saying? Like these people, 
They live in a fake fucking world, and when they are not getting attention, man, they will find anywhere. Dude, I guarantee you right now we could get both these dudes on on this fucking show and just just spitballing fucking questions and they'll answer whatever as long as we're as long as they're getting shine they don't give a shit they'll go on any of these bum sauce fucking youtube flip phone channels they don't care as long as people are talking and being like oh devin oh devin you my dog i ride with you man yeah say that racist shit you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it's just the attention man these guys can't fucking help themselves Nah, that, uh, if there's one thing that's been exposed uh, during this quarantine is, boy, people, some people need it and they need it bad. It's it's like fucking, it's like fucking crack, man. Yeah. They got, they got to have that recognition. They got to have that attention. I'm like the exact opposite of that. I'm, like, yeah, you, you hear us say like provocative shit on the show and like, we're trying to, you know, entertain on the show. But never am I like, what can I do to get myself some attention? Because I love attention. I love being the center of attention. I want everybody to fucking like, to, and people like that to me are just very fucking weird. And you are seeing so much of it now. It's like, I'm, it's like, there's a few people where I'm like, yeah, I'm, you're kind of turning. Like, I used to think you were pretty cool, but uh, let me, let me grab the volume on you and turn it to zero. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've because I've had a fuck enough, Jesus man. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Well, I think that'll do for the uh, uh, the attention seekers. How about that? The attention seeking uh, portion of the show. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to uh, thank our sponsor, and then we'll get to uh, the segment we call "For the Fans" as we answer your questions. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor real quick. Uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. The draft is on Thursday, so you get your bets in on that. You know what I'm saying? But Bet Online also has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and e even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online is your online wagering solution look man this is if there was ever a week where you can bet on especially if you're a diehard nfl fan which that's what that's what the betting in this country is nfl college football i know everything yep. else gets bets but the nfl draft this is your opportunity because from what i'm hearing and from what all these you know mel kuypers and todd mcshays are predicting on their mock drafts and what the general managers are saying the GMs are saying this is going to look a whole lot different on Thursday than any of y'all think this uh, is going to go. So get your bets in on Bet Online. Hey, I'm sure there's some juicy, juicy odds that uh, you can hit and win quite nicely. Oh man, I wanna, I wanna empty it on Chase Young to the Redskins. I think that's the lock of the draft, man. That and Burrow at the top. Yeah, I think, uh, dude, I'm going to check it out when I get off. I don't know what the odds are, but yeah, I think that's a bet I'm going to make is Chase Young to the skins. All right. So, uh, big up to Bet Online. Again, um, go to Bet Online, uh, get your welcome bonus, use promo code Blue Wire. That's promo code 
Blue Wire. All right, Vin, let's get to the segment called For the Fans. <laughs> for the Fans. We got to, that is just a lame ass name. For <laughs> I don't know where it's, I, I, it's from the intro on one of the DC sports shows that I listen to. And I can't remember who says that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a player. It's like Josh Norman or fucking D'Angelo Hall or somebody says that. And it's like one of the sound bites when they, when they come in, they say for the fans. <laughs> okay. So here we go with for the fans here on the boxing rant. <laughs> all, or as Carl Moretti would say, all 50 of you. <laughs> Fuck Moretti. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so the first one we got here is a, it's a two-parter from Mr. Nigel Hines. He says, uh, who was the most underrated and overrated trainers in the game today? And who are the worst and best ex ex fighters turned commentators today? Oh, geez. I do not have the short-term memory to remember two fucking questions like that. Come on, man. Uh, you go first. How about that? All right. Well, uh, the, the most overrated trainer for me is quite simple. And that starts and ends with Joe Gallagher and <laughs> old Tesco Joe. And I think the most underrated trainers and one of them starting to get the recognition he deserves here in the last year is Eddie Renoso. But the other one I would go with, and I don't know who he's training anymore, but he's did a, a really good job with Carl Frampton and Josh Taylor when he had him was Shane McQuiggan. Huh. Um, overrated trainer, uh, Abel Sanchez. Mm -hmm. Definitely Abel Sanchez. Um, I think that, uh, because you know, look, man, if you only, if you're a one trick pony and your, and your pony goes out to stud <laughs> who you got to ride, you know what I'm saying? And nobody else hanging out in that stable. No. Um, underrated trainer out there today. Um, I think the most underrated trainer in boxing, because I, in my opinion, I think he's the best corner man in boxing. I'm not saying that necessarily. I think training, getting, prepping for a fight, there, there's a lot of really good ones out there, right? But I think one that has gone under the radar because he doesn't have a huge stable, uh, but it, in my opinion, has been the best corner man in the corner uh, uh, trainer in boxing for the last 15 years, and that's Rob McCracken. Um, I knew it. I was like, he's going McCracken. Yeah, because, look, man, I, I just think that – Nobody communicates better in the corner. Nobody makes adjustments on the fly um, better than Rob McCracken. And uh, I just think, dude, when it comes, that's the kind of stuff that as an athlete, as a former athlete, that's the kind of shit I like to hear from my coaches when, um, you know, when shit's hitting the fan. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that can communicate direction that clearly under pressure. Back, back in the day coming, coming up, I would have said he's not so much now because he only worked with Thurman, but uh, Dan Birmingham in the corner of Winky Wright used to be awesome back in the day. Nice. Those, those, those are some of the ones I'd go with. And what was the second part of the, of the Com question? commentator X fighter? Who's, who's the best and worst commentator today? Well, I don't know. There's not that many anymore. Um, I mean, you saw the PBC run through, Oh, everybody, let's just throw this gigantic bucket of, of poo at the wall and see what sticks <laughs> they have put out some of the worst i would say worst like uh, look i don't know there's not there's not that many like like roy jones was my favorite i liked i liked roy as a as a former fighter i thought george foreman was good when george foreman was doing calls from the sidelines um you know uh yeah sergio morris sucks um as a as a current thing uh mm -hmm. lennox lewis isn't very good either right nope 
Nope. But I think the absolute worst ringside, he's not even a former fighter. Let's just say fighter that, that has called fights ringside. By far, Danny Garcia. It's not even close. <laughs> not even close. Why are you going to hate on DSG's one-time performance, man? That's why it was a one-time performance. <laughs> and, and, and Abner Mares is probably a close second. I, <laughs> to me, the, the best going today right now, uh, X-Fighters, ringside commentators, is, is Paulie Malinaggi. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Paulie and Andre are, are the best out there right now as far as breaking down the action in the ring and bringing zero bias or whatever into what they're saying. The worst right now, he's not really a ringside commentator, but he is a commentator, and he works on the PBC pre- and post-fight shows. Boy, uh, why is – oh, boom, boom, Ray Mancini. Jeez, I mean, he's he's – I, you know, it's been a long, it's been a long, tough, uh, professional fighting career for him. And he's taken a few shots and, and it fucking shows when, in his announcing these days. And Lennox is another one, boy. Lennox is, oh, he's rough. He's just rough to listen to, man. For somebody that like is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I mean, he just comes off as such a puss cake on the, on the broadcast. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he does. He like comes off as like a pushover. Like he does, you know, and, and, and. I, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, uh, Joe Goosen hasn't taken nearly as many shots to the head as Lennox Lewis has. I mean, dude, and 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 so he can dominate the conversation, and he's got that he's got that Type A personality. But um, yeah, Mancini, dude, he had a brutal career, right? I mean, you know, he fought in fucking fifteen round fights, like the dude he killed the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know why uh, Malinaji and 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 uh, and Dre um, you know skipped my mind, but I I I would say probably Malinaji because I have heard even though I do like Andre Ward, I think his delivery is good. I think he's I think he's really good on the mic. Um, when he was there at the end of his career, and 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 even when he was just taking time off from boxing and doing work on HBO, dude, if it was in his weight class, <laughs> come on. Yeah, he has a hard time giving other people credit. Um, but Malinaji is is about as real as it gets. I know that you know we've had our 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 hate for the guy in the past. You know, mainly because it's like, yeah, he's just talking shit about guys that would fucking wax him in the ring. But other than that, um, right. you know, as far as calling fights is, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Paulie's taken some drubbings in his career, and he's still pretty sharp. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I'd agree. If you had, if I had to choose between one or the other, I I would put Paulie just above Andre. Yeah, give me my, my all star squad would be Jim Lampley, Al Bernstein, and Paulie Malinaji. Give me that group. Yep, perfect, perfect. Um, let's see. Next question. Moving on from at AFC fan. Uh, what's the best potential non world title fight once boxing returns? Uh, Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia. <laughs> there you go. You know why? Got, yeah, give it, give it to me. Because then you'd be able to know who's the best prospect in boxing. Yeah. You know, um, and the reason, and the reason I say that more than anything, I love the fight at, at, at this point in their careers. And because, um, it fits the very definition of the question. Uh, Devin Haney ain't a champion. So I'd love to see that fight. Yeah. So, so, uh, at AFC's fan answer, his answer to the question was, uh, Julian Williams and Tony Harrison, which is a good one. 
I would go Uga Slippinets, uh, Pro Gray Hooker, which should be which we should get once boxing does come back. Yeah. Uh, Vozdik Kovalev in the lightweight division, and I'd also go back to 154 and say a Jarrett Hurd, uh, Erickson Lubin type of fight. Those those would all be good uh, non-title fights once boxing returns. Yeah, and um, I could see uh, I could see a Ugas Keith fight. I like Ooh. I like that fight too. I don't put my boy to to rest with that one because he ain't winning that fight. How Not- about? How about um, uh, Kel Brook and Amir Khan? <laughs> hey, look, as much as both of them are completely fucking washed, when that fight does get made, like people can say they don't care, and it's, it's certainly not what it could have been, you know, two, three years ago. But I, everybody will be tuned into that fight. and I mean, everybody wants to see that score settled for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely down for that. Um. Next question coming in from Troy W. Uh, when boxing starts back up, do you prefer no, a no crowd studio setting or a studio setting with a green screen with a digital crowd background? Um, let me see. I will take um, potpourri for two thousand, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the fucking answer to that question. I don't want any of that. The answer is the only answer is neither. Like to me, uh, any sport without a without a live audience, it just it doesn't seem as important. I could just, I, look. The only sport, two sports that I could watch without an audience right now, and I'd be perfectly happy with, is golf, okay, mm-hmm. and and baseball. Because I want yeah. my I, I I like my fantasy baseball team I drafted this year, and for personal, just for betting sakes, I want something to bet on. Right. And I want to. I, I want something fantasy sports wise, and and I don't want. I don't want. I don't want that for football. But I, I'll take it for baseball. Well, yeah, like in in football and and combat sports, like the crowd kind of creates a lot of the atmosphere. Sure. I, really, I think in any sport, golf is definitely one that we don't need a crowd in golf at all. But when there's no reaction, when there's no there's no feeling of importance with like when there's nobody there, it feels like what is this practice? What are, what are, what are we watching here? And, and, and when it comes to boxing, to me, it just comes off as like, is this a sparring session? What, what is this? Does this really mean anything? Is this for real? I, for me, it's boxing and combat sports in general. Th- there has got to be, I don't care if it's a small audience or they fucking socially distance people and everybody wears a mask <laughs> in the arena, whatever the fuck it's going to be. It's got, there's got to be some sort of atmosphere live surrounding it or else it just, just doesn't, doesn't work for me at all. Well, well, and you know, on top of it, we've already heard from the major players in boxing that have said that they're not going to put big fights on if that's how they have to start things off with no crowd or in a studio with a green screen, they're not going to put on their good matchups. So I can tell you right now, I am hankering for some live sports and I, I definitely want boxing back as soon as possible. But I can tell you one thing for damn sure. I have just as much interest, right, in shitty fights and mismatches as I as I did uh, when boxing was full speed prior to this pandemic. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, just because there's, like, I would rather just go do something else than watch shitty fights. Like, I don't need shitty fights for the sake of shitty fights. You know, oh. it just, like, so if... If, if, if the big fights aren't going to come back, 
you know, until there's crowds and so be it. Get creative, man. You know, fucking Dana White's about to have that shit on an island, on Fantasy Island. You know what I'm saying? Kumite style. You know, Mortal, people, Mortal, Mortal Kombat Island. Exactly. Dude, do it that way. Now, that I would be down for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would be down yeah. for that. Or just bring in a crowd of have people that have been tested for the fucking antibody test or that don't have that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, They can just, get in. Yeah, I just I can't do, you know, sports don't have that grand feel without without the live audience there. No. Uh, moving on here from our guy, Fred Keenor. What's the most important matchup we need to see when boxing returns and why? I'll let you take that one first, then. Um, honestly, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this answer, but for me, it would be Canelo Triple G3. I think that would be kind of a kickstarter back to the for the for the sport of boxing when it gets back. That 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 can be the fight that uh, more than just diehard boxing fans can get behind. I think it kind of it brings a conclusion to one of the ongoing conversations uh, surrounding the sport of boxing for the last three years, and I it just to me it's the matchup that has the most pull. So that, that would be the only one really that I can think of off the top of my head. I didn't really think about that question much. Fucking slacking over there, man. Slacking. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know what – I don't think – look, it's just like boxing isn't – like this isn't going to have an impact on boxing. All these greedy fucks are going to come back and put on their fucking shows that are in their best interest and, you know, whatever makes sense to them, they're going to put on. Boxing's not dying. Boxing's on layaway right now, just like everything else, right? So oh. there's not uh, one fight that, you know, oh, we got to have, you know, this isn't fucking, you know, Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's streak, you know, after baseball goes on strike. You know what I'm saying? Like boxing yeah. doesn't need a moment like that. Never will have a moment like that. So to me, I'm just going to be selfish. There's only one fight that I want to absolutely see. Yes, I want to see Canelo Triple G three. Yes, I want to see Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three. Absolutely, man. Um, I want to see Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. A absolutely. The fight I want to see, and it looks like it's going to fucking happen as soon as we can get some damn fights going on, is uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez versus Juan Francisco Estrada part two. That's the fight oh. I want to see. You're just a boxing nerd, aren't you, Ken? Yeah, yeah I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> I got my pocket projector on. <laughs> All right, so we got one last question here, and I think it's probably the best one, and that's from our guy Joel Morgan. He's been a long-time listener. He said, what do you guys think of Cop and Pugmire pushing the Triple G and Crawford are overrated agenda on Mannix podcast this week? Did you get a chance to listen to it? A bit, yes. But I'll let you again take the lead here, Vin. Dude, I, I look. I could not like. Uh, first of all, I listened to twenty eight minutes and I turned it off. That's it. It's twenty eight minutes. I'm not ever getting back. Joel, you owe me twenty eight minutes of life. I don't know how you're going to do it, but figure it out. All right. <laughs> but the way they start off with this shit, right? So, like, Pugmire starts to go in uh, on Crawford, but instead of just like saying what he thinks he has to offer up this little nugget of like you know well every time we talk to terrence he kind of just is always in our face about why we don't have him rated number one overall in the world and it just kind of like i don't like that so here's what i think of terrence crawford now like after he lays out why he clearly has a little bit of something to to hold against terrence 
and he goes on to say like we just don't know like he hasn't done enough for us to say that you know his run at 147 is is no good and we don't really know what he is as a fighter at this point he owes us he, like he owes boxing fans something and he, and he's he's overrated and it's like guys look man and he, and he starts pointing out like you know Sean Porter uh and, and this is Coppinger too Sean Sean Porter uh wanted the fight earlier this year and and Terrence Terrence said he didn't want it like hold on a second dude if you like just kind of just absorbed all the information that surrounded that possible matchup. What I took away from it, and I think most sensible fucking people took away from it was neither one of these guys wanted to fight each other. Like they just, there's no interest friendship, whatever the case may be. They just, they're not really interested in that fight. It's not like Terrence Crawford was like, nah, I'm not fighting Sean Porter. They, they, they uh, framed it in the show as, Sean Porter doesn't have a belt, so that fight doesn't interest Terrence Crawford. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, fighters say dumb shit sometimes. Clearly, if you paid attention to what both said, neither one of them has really truly called the other guy out. I know Sean Porter's dad made a statement like, we'd take the fight. Well, that's his dad. That's not Sean Porter. And just because his dad said it, it's like they they just kind of make all these assumptions and they go along with, you know, whatever. And then what was the other fucking crazy shit? They, uh, Oh, he said Crawford made a statement earlier this week about, you know, he, he wants like, if he gets offered the Spence fight, when they come back, he wants to see Spence get a tune up fight first. And they're like, I mean, come on, you get offered the fight and you're going to say no. Cause you want to see a tune up fight. You want to see him get a tune up fight first. It's like, guys, you're fucking retarded if you think uh, Errol Spence is going to come back to boxing and his first fight back is going to be Terrence Crawford. It's not going to happen that way. But somehow you're holding this against Terrence Crawford like because he wanted to make sure Errol Spence is still a decent fighter before he fights him. Like This guy hasn't fought in a while. He was in a bad car wreck. Let's see him get a little tune-up fight, and then me and him can, can fight. I think that makes kind of perfect sense, especially – when they mix in a comment along the way that uh, I believe it was Coppinger's like, I mean, we all know that the PBC PBC guys and the PBC want nothing to do with Terrence Crawford, but then they come and follow it up with this statement. It's like, guys, you're all fucking over the map here. And you just, you make no fucking sense. I, like clearly Pugmire came into it with some type of weird, like, I, I don't like, I, I can't listen to Pugmire. Nothing against Pugmire, but his voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Uh, you know, it's it's like, dude, Jesus Christ, speak up something. Put a fucking put some bass in your voice, please. Do do something, man. Pull it's them like, nuts out of your stomach. Jesus. Let them things drop, boy. <laughs> I used to think it was Eric Raskin, Ken. Eric, you know, Eric. no, Eric Raskin talked like Kermit the Frog. And be like, hi ho, <laughs> HBO boxing podcast here. <laughs> I got nothing against either one of them guys. Look, just... man, look, if there was a, if, if, if you made a puppet show, right? Like if somebody did like a, you know, a puppet show of that podcast episode, right? There'd be these little fuzzy penis puppets, like talking to each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like little, little penises, like talking out of the penis hole, out of the pee hole <laughs> with smiles drawn on the, on the tips. Like, you know, look. This has been since, look, anybody can have a podcast. Anybody can have a show. Clearly. Clearly. Right? 
everybody does have one, right? That's like the thing. It's the thing to do. Everybody has to have one. And what's very popular in boxing because the budgets are so thin is that if you are a reporter or somebody that is a personality that has been that's on the payroll of 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 whatever, they're like, "Hey, well, we're paying you, right? You're the boxing guy. You should do a show." And what we learned from Mike Coppinger's first foray into uh, into boxing podcasts is the guy has the personality of uh, you know loose penis skin i mean it 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 the it it, it, it it look it just happens that way man look it's not it's not just exclusive to boxing right like one of the best reporters in the nfl is the guy that's the espn beat reporter um for for the washington redskins john kime like he's a great reporter and mm-hmm. he breaks really good stories and his um his articles and, and, and are, are are absolutely fantastic but the guy is absolutely obnoxious to listen to on any time he's a guest on a radio show or on his own podcast. It's not the tone of his voice. It's not because he looks and sounds like a talking penis. It's because the guy's not cut out for it. He's in a GD rush. He's in such a rush to interrupt the people he's talking with to get his point across. He never lets the person he's talking to finish what they're saying. He interrupts constantly nonstop. And it's like, dude, seriously, it's like one of those people that you meet in life, right? That you're having a conversation with them and they're trying to guess what you're saying. And then they finish your sentence. It's like, motherfucker, I I was not going to say that. So stop it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, where do these people come from that talk like that? Like who teaches, who teaches a human being that they should finish, try to finish everybody's sentences that they're having a conversation with just because you're a good reporter. Like in the past, reporters were reporters and TV people were TV people, right? Mm -hmm. TV people took the news from the reporters and broadcast that to people. But now the reporters are being tasked to be on air personalities whether they have a fucking personality or not like boxing is a sport of big personalities covered and and it's a sport covered by a bunch of flaccid penises (laughs) right it's not far from the truth i I mean that that that's the best i can do like if you if you listen to the cop and pug show good for you good for you you must love folding back the fucking foreskin on your dick. You must enjoy that. Like, ooh, look what I found under this wrinkle. This fold. <laughs> ooh, a Cheeto. It's infected. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just not into things that aren't entertaining. Like, I don't need like somebody to recite um, what I watched last night on boxing. Right? It's like. Right. Like, I, uh, if you want, if you, if you, you provide some entertainment value, like I'll put it to you like this, like the last episode of the three knockdown rule with Steve Kim and Mario Lopez was fucking awesome. And whatever Mario Lopez was drinking, that <laughs> dude needs to uh, drink more of that every episode that they do, because I'm telling you right now, he went from fucking, you know, AC Slater, Mr. NBC, like, you know, like playing this character. Well, we got to see who the real fucking AC Slater was. And I, I love that shit. I'm 100% with you. I was like, this dude is actually fucking hilarious. Oh, dude. So now you get to, he might actually drop more F bombs than I drop. 
Oh, absolutely. Dude, it was, it was awesome. You got to see what he's really like. Like, yes. so many of these people out there are just so fucking worried about what everybody thinks of them. You know what I mean? Oh, and, and I get yeah. it to a certain degree with, you know, with Mario because the types of jobs that he has in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. His livelihood depends on, I mean, if he wants to continue making millions of dollars, you got to uphold some type of, uh, of, uh, you know, I, I got, I got my shit together here. I'm, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Cheesy chuckles and dimples. you like, that's his whole shtick. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but dude, that, that was awesome. And, and look, when you can provide entertainment like that, then I am all about listening to that shit, man. I, I don't, I don't need to listen to somebody that's just like, huh, well, they told us to do this. So let's just uh, talk about it. And, uh, you know what? Uh, before I give you my opinion on this, I just want to preface it by saying I don't like this guy. So I just want to warn you before I say what I have to say, because my opinion is actually going to be very meaningless. But let me waste 10 minutes of your time with my biased opinion. I'm, I'm telling you, like, and I got like Manic's podcast really is he's had some really good episodes and he has a, 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 a pretty good podcast. I got nothing against. Manix. No, the Wiener episode was awesome. Yeah. And he when he has guys on to interview. He asked tough questions. Wanger, not wiener. Wanger. That's wanger to you, son. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. <laughs> uh, but, dude, I, like, I, I, I have no problem with that, but cop and pug, man, I'm sorry. I'm sure they're nice guys. Uh, I got nothing personal against them, but there's, like, there's nothing there. It's just, just, blah. I mean, when you watch TV, you're allowed to be like, wow, this show sucks, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're just not entered. Like there's no entertainment value. They bring nothing to the table. They're like, their opinions are just, they're safe. They're, I just have no interest in hearing what they have to say. You're not going, they're not going to tell me anything ever, anything about the sport of boxing. And I know they're probably two of the hardest working guys in the business, Ken. But I, I just, I'm sorry, they, all that hard work ain't bringing much fucking along with it. I'm sorry. Hey man. Hey, but they're, they're hey out man. there grinding then. Hey man, back off, man. You're, you're a fucking jerk, man. You're, you're a hater. You're a hater. <laughs> um, okay. I have one question to end the show with then. All right. What's that? What did you think about, uh, about ESPN not renewing Dan Raphael's contract? I mean, didn't we all see that coming? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really like, I, I don't know. I didn't get my rocks off about it. Like, I don't ever want to see, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, why? I don't, yeah, why would anybody for, do that? Why yeah, would you want to do that? Yeah. I don't advocate for anybody losing their job. Um, I, I didn't, didn't really come off to me. Like having a contract and not having a contract, like if you don't have a contract, like you can be fired for anything. Right. Like his contract expired and they didn't renew it. So I didn't really take it as like he got fired. And everybody's like, oh, Ray, feel that fat fuck. He got fired. <laughs> he deserved it because he fucking, you know, got snarky with me in a chat or on or on Twitter. He deserved his life should be ruined because he said something smart ass to me. Dude, there were so many people that for days wouldn't get off it. And some people that are in the sport of boxing, I'm like, what he said really bothered you that much. It's his opinion. Yeah. Who gives a, who gives a fuck? Like read it and, and, and move on. It doesn't like a, uh, nope. I'm holding a grudge for the rest of my life. I can't wait to see him get fired. I yeah. mean, honestly, when, when top rank, when, when ESPN just didn't become 
they didn't just cover the sport of boxing. They became a entity of top rank in boxing. Yes. So we already knew Bob Arum doesn't like Dan Raphael. He's made that very clear. Just like he didn't like Teddy Atlas calling fights ringside. Just and guess why neither one of them work there anymore. That is why Bob Aram basically runs the show at for ESPN boxing because it's a top rank product. So he gets to pretty much call the shots. And guess who Bob Aram really likes? Donald Steve Trump. Kim. Oh. <laughs> Steve Kim, who he brought in immediately. And now Steve is going to cover top rank boxing at ESPN. Like it's this is like there's nothing groundbreaking that that anybody shouldn't have expected to see happen as soon as the opportunity came up. I mean, Teddy was the first one to fall. Yeah. Dan was the next one to fall. Yeah. Now they now Bob has his guys in place that he likes and that's how it goes. Period. End of fucking story. Yeah, I mean, look, as far as Dan Rayfield the the reporter, I mean, I'm sure that he was a a hardworking reporter. I mean, he's been a, a staple at, 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 at ESPN for fucking decades. You know what I'm saying? Like we've read all of his shit. Here's the thing that like, I'm not a, I've never been a Dan Rayfield fan because one, I think that he provides content a lot of the times by cutting and pasting the same fucking PR bullshit that I get in my email box every day and making, I like, like I could, I could, we could have a boxing rant website if we approach things the way that Dan Rayfield does or that other fucking clown shoe on Twitter, that Michael Benson guy who takes other people's news and like creates his own news channel by quote tweeting other people's reporting. I mean, look, taking a press release and cutting and pasting it, that's what Dan Rayfield did a lot of times. His opinion on fights, um, I didn't really agree with a lot of his opinions. I no. thought he was a god awful, awful scorer of fights. Okay. He was. He Horrible was. scorer fights. And I just found it a bit repulsive that a guy of his stature, physical stature, was reporting about his showers pressure, uh, water pressure. <laughs> like, visualizing that guy getting into a shower. Like, yeah, I'm sure it does need to be fucking, you know, pressure washer five five thousand PSI to get underneath them folds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, that being said, I mean, if if it was a matter of him you know, losing his job and getting fired. I don't, I don't I have to like you, man. I don't want, you don't want anybody to lose their job. No, people, the people that were celebrating that it's like, Jesus Christ, man, you all are fucking heathens. Dude. Yeah. That is some sadistic shit right there. <laughs> it's like that scene in, uh, 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 fucking tombstone, right? When fucking doc Holliday's sitting at the card table and he's like coughing up a lung and Ike Clanton looks at him and he goes, well, I hope you die. <laughs> that's exactly what it was <laughs> oh shit i love it all right well i guess that's it we hit another hour and 10 minutes Vin, can you believe it i don't know how we do it man we we could squeeze a turd out of anything can't we waffle stomp that bitch <laughs> waffle stomp that bitch yeah, it hasn't come to that yet no but i dude i i'm gonna need some fucking need a little cache uh fucking joe rogan and chris D'Elia stealing our thunder with the ships uh shit stories you know what i'm saying <laughs> they spent 40 minutes talking about shitting themselves i was like oh, come on man wait we set the standard and these fucking guys come in and just steal all the goddamn thunder give me a break <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny when chris D'Elia said he ran out of the van and shit in somebody's front yard <laughs> 
Just no coverage. Just unleash that thing. (laughs) Oh, that's good shit. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 271 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. Uh, Please subscribe to the podcast uh, and review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can find the audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get the audio. Check us out on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel as well and subscribe to the show there and follow the show at the Boxing Rant everywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. You heard everywhere. Um, I'm sure that somebody will say something stupid uh, between now and uh, next Sunday. So we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>